If you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. A passage that most of us know. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Some would ask, what is this? Who are we talking about here? The word, the word, in him. Look at verse 14. It says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So before Jesus came to this earth as Jesus, he was the word. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, the Bible says, You are the light of the world. A city is set on a hill, cannot be hidden. Take the word light in the Greek, and this passage is translated to, I think I'm saying this right, phos, P-H-O-S, and it simply means divine illumination to reveal and impart life through Christ. So if you take this verse and you, and you implement the definition, you could say it like this. You are the divine illumination to reveal and impart life through Christ in the world. That sounds simple, but it is powerful. This isn't talking about just having a, a bright personality or a cheerful disposition. This light comes from the Lord. Imagine growing up, and, and some of us may even know what it feels like growing up, growing up as a child and not having electricity. A light bulb would be important. We were born in darkness. We were born in sin. The Bible says in Psalms 51.5, David said, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. So we know that we were brought from darkness to light. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and enlightenment. Through the gospel, which is the good news about Jesus and what he did and how he died on the cross for us, through the gospel, the spirit brings light to hearts that were once darkened. We used to sing the song, I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. Then a little light from heaven filled my soul. There's a lot of importance and there's a lot of truth in those two lines of those lyrics. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6 says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we don't lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame. Paul's talking to the church at Corinth. He's saying, we've, we've repented, we've come from darkness, and we're not walking in craftiness, and we're not handling the word of God deceitfully. And I want to kind of interject the, the, the idea of carrying the light of the gospel. And what he's saying is we don't handle the word of God deceitfully. In other words, we don't take the word of God and use it for our own wants. We don't make people do what we want them to do. We don't twist the word of God to make it sound good, to make it tickle people's ears or sound good to society. He said, but by manifestation of the truth... How many knows that truth will manifest itself? Commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing whose minds the God of this age has blinded. When I read this, at first I thought, I don't, 
think I understand this, but then I kind of understood the point of this. There is times when we as Christians will witness to people, they won't receive what you're telling them. They will reject it. And the Bible says that, they, that their eyes are veiled because the God of this age, the devil has blinded them. And it says that they do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. People that live in darkness, that reject the light of the gospel, they they tend to stay away from true people who follow Jesus. Because the light that is inside of true saints of God will expose darkness. And a lot of people that come against Christianity are uncomfortable with the message because of what it makes them feel like and they just won't admit it. To see misery on someone's face in spite of the word of God going forth, it's the light shining in darkness. Paul said, for we do not preach ourselves In other words, we're not saying this is about us. He said, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 1 and 18 says this, for the message of the cross the gospel, it's foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. To people that hear the word of the gospel and don't listen to it, they don't want to hear it, they reject it. The Bible says that's why it's foolishness because if we go back up, their eyes are veiled. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Ephesians 5, 8 through 9, talking about how we were once in darkness. The Bible says, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And the Bible goes on to talk about how we're to have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful to even speak of the things which are done in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. And whatever makes manifest is light. Then it says, awake who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So in essence, what this is saying is when we witness, we are implying that if a person accepts the message of the gospel, they too will receive the light. And it's, I've had to come to the conclusion that you cannot force someone to be saved. All you can do is Give them the opportunity. All you can do is shine the light on their life by the word of God. And it's up to them to choose whether they want to accept it or not. But this scripture tells us that we are to, in essence, say, awake who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. But I want us to understand something. Take note that exposing sin isn't meant to go and broadcast everything you've seen and heard, to go gossip and slander and backslash. That's not what, that's not, God doesn't call us as Christians to go up to someone that's doing wrong 
and say, I see what you're doing. I heard it. You're doing wrong. You're going to hell for what you're doing. That's a sin. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. That's not the light of Christ. That's, that is close to being a judgmental spirit, and that's not what Jesus did. In fact, if you read the New Testament, the only people that Jesus was harsh to were the religious leaders. He never was harsh to the people who were broken and living in darkness. And, but those people that were in darkness, they accepted and they wanted to be free from darkness. They wanted the light. But the religious leaders were the ones who were veiled by the devil and they, they were just going to be like that forever no matter what because they rejected and they resisted and they rejected just like Pharaoh when Moses came to Pharaoh and it took all those plagues and his heart was still hardened. Those Pharisees were had the same, I'll just call it a, possibly a demonic spirit that caused them to be just reject the message of the gospel. But we are to simply... Like Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The Holy Spirit does for unbelievers what they cannot do for themselves. The Spirit gives them spiritual sight, opening their hearts and eyes and unplugging their hearts so that they can see their unsaved condition and truly hear the gospel and turn from their sins to God. Sometimes I feel like we need to kind of go back to the day we were saved and remember what it felt like to, to come from darkness to light so that we can actually have compassion on those that are living in darkness today. You know, we do have to kind of go back to remember where we came from so that we can be compassionate on those that we need to shine the light on today. In the book of uh, Acts chapter 9, if you want to turn there, you can. I'm going to read verses 10 through 18. But we know the story of Saul, who was a religious, and I believe he was a Pharisee. He was a religious person, but he was with the Pharisees who wanted to kill Christians or people that followed Jesus. And so he was on the road to Damascus, and he was on his way to kill some people who were following Jesus. And a light shone. The Bible talks about how it was Jesus who blinded him and, you know, he changed his, his life was changed and changed his name to Paul. But he left blinded. Verse 10 says, now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him, the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. And at that time, Ananias is probably flipping out thinking, I know who this man is. I don't think I can go to this man. But God was telling Ananias, you're good. I've done spoke to him. So then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. 
for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, which if we go back to that previous passage, that's the veil that the God of this present earth, the prince of the power of the air, the devil, says the scales, and he fell off, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. That is an awesome, powerful story. But as I read this, something occurred to me, a question arose. I thought, why did Jesus leave Saul blinded? Why didn't on the road to Damascus, when the Lord revealed himself to him and the light shone, and Jesus, the Lord said to, to Saul, what are you doing? You, you don't understand. You're, you're, you're coming against me is who you're coming against. Why didn't Jesus just convict him and change him? Although the light blinded him, why didn't he just heal him and go forth right there? See, after the Lord spoke to Paul, he turned it over to Ananias to be used by the Holy Spirit. As we light the way, leading people to Christ, we are to be ministers of reconciliation, simply to restore. We are to take the light that we have received 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20 says this, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. Paul said, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. This explains your reason for living for the Lord. This verse sums up why and what our purpose is on this earth as Christians. We have the ministry of reconciliation. And that is to restore. If you take the word, that, that uh, prefix of re, it just means back to or again. That means that in the beginning, when God created Adam and Eve, there was perfect connection with God, but it was lost because of sin. So we have been given the ministry of reconciliation so that we can be reconciled and we can help to reconcile people back to God. God chose to leave Saul blinded so that Ananias could minister reconciliation to Saul. Ananias was a part of Paul's deliverance for a reason. God wants to use the body. He actually wants to use people. He doesn't do everything. He doesn't always work through angels and through 
uh, complete supernatural. God wants to use us as ministers of reconciliation. That is his plan. That is his purpose. God spoke to Ananias and said, prepare yourself because you're fixing to minister to someone that you may not be comfortable with. But don't worry about it. But you let your light so shine before him that he may see your good works that you're accepting him. And then he will glorify God. So God knew that Saul needed to see someone on the good side accepting him so that he would understand that Jesus accepted him. And sometimes we have to be loving and accepting of the person, not as much as their lifestyle, so that they can understand that Jesus loves them and expect and accepts them. We have to act out what we say we should or should not do. We have to live the word. Because if we have the light, like this, like the old children's church song says, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. But I think all too often because of persecution, we're not letting it shine. We're hiding it under a bushel is what we're doing. Because we all know it's truth be told, the days and times we're living in, it's easier to hide the light. And when I say the light, I'm not talking about just being kind. The light is the gospel. It's easy for us to hide the truth of the gospel behind a conversation when someone brings up something. I remember about three or four years ago, we were uh, getting Aaron's haircut somewhere and got in a conversation with someone um, and they knew someone that I was acquainted with and they began to talk about how they were a good person and believe that God would still accept them in heaven in spite of all that they've done and are doing. Oh God, my spirit started to twist inside of me and it was hide it under a bushel or let it shine. And I said, you got to help me with this one, Lord, because I don't want to be offensive. And I truly believe there, there's a fine line between not wanting to be offensive and not wanting to offend and tell the truth. There is a very fine line, but you can tell the truth in love. You don't always have to get in an argument with someone to tell them the truth. So I said, you know, I understand exactly what you're saying. And that really, it kind of makes sense. But if that's true, then Jesus died on the cross for no reason. His blood shed for no reason. And the Bible says that we're not saved by works. We're saved by grace through faith. And, you know, we, we actually trade our filthy rags for a robe of righteousness and it's God's and we have to do what the word of God says and and the Lord started helping me to say things and I thought I was going to get shut down and she said you know I've never thought of it that way and I said thank you Lord I didn't have to get an argument because I wasn't about to but there are times when we have to put our reputation to the side and not worry about what is someone going to think if I stand up for what is not popular in the world today, if I let this light shine, who are we more concerned about pleasing, God or man? That's, that's the question for today. But we, the Bible says in this verse, uh, 
we are ambassadors for Christ. An ambassador is someone who is sent, simply sent by a high authority to an area to represent that high authority. You know, in, in, in our country, we have ambassadors to different country that goes and makes deals and, and talks with other countries, but they are representing the United States of America. If we are ambassadors for Christ, we are to represent the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So as ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven, those three things are what should be tied around us like a necklace when we shine the light. Are we showing, are we living in righteousness? Are we peacemakers? Are we full of the joy of the spirit of the Lord? We are to show people who Jesus is. We've heard it said before, we're supposed to be Jesus with skin on. Not necessarily literal, but that's kind of an example of what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to represent, we're supposed to let our light so shine before people that they will see the good that we do. But see, a lot of times we get caught up right there because they see the good we do. And all of a sudden we get puffed up like we're really something because we did something good. And the word of God doesn't stop there. He says that they may glorify your father in heaven. We are simply supposed to just be ambassadors that relay the message. And when people have something, have gratitude or have worship, we're supposed to take it and just, we're supposed to point them to God. Jesus said in John 14, six, I am the way, the truth and the life and no one comes to the father except through me. So we are to take the light of the gospel. We have the light inside of us. When we represent Christ, people are in darkness, and we as the light are guiding them. And when we're guiding them, we're guiding them to the way. We're guiding them to Jesus. We take the light of the gospel, and we guide them to the way. Jesus is the only way. There are people in this world that are guiding people in the wrong direction. There is no other way for mankind to be reconciled back to their creator outside of Jesus Christ. There is no other way. So when God sent Jesus to this earth, he said, I am sending a door, the door. I'm sending the door to me. And if mankind doesn't enter through the door, They will not get to me. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he meant it. The only way for us to witness witness to someone is number one, preach the truth. Tell them the truth. What does the gospel say? What did Jesus do? Jesus had to die on the cross for our sins. His blood had to be shed for without the shedding of blood, there was no remission of sins. That's what the Bible says. We have to admit that we're sinners. We have to understand that we've, we've sinned, but we have to believe that he loved us enough to die for us and his blood is sufficient enough to wash our sins away. 
if we don't understand what's happened inside of us, how can we relay it to someone else? And that's another thing. I feel like that we have to remind ourselves. We have to kind of go, and I don't want to, I don't mean to lower the value of salvation, but I feel like we need to go back to the elementary of when we first started to understand what Jesus did for us so that we have nothing hindering the light because I feel like sometimes we get so full of ourselves that the light of Christ can't shine because we have our own understanding, we have our own wants, and sometimes I'm more concerned about what people think of me and that blocks the light of the Holy Spirit from shining and people seeing Christ, not me. We are to be simply a reflection of Christ. And anything that isn't a reflection, it causes people to see you. If you would come, Mom. God is, God is dealing with people in this world. I, I know he is because he ha, his spirit is still on this earth. His spirit hasn't been taken away from us. So even though we may not see it, God is dealing with people in this world. Some refuse in disbelief, but some are being saved miraculously. But they still need guidance. There are people that have been hearing the voice of the Spirit knock at the door of their heart and they have actually yielded to it, but they are still blinded and they still don't understand. And it is up to us to be like Ananias to not resist the opportunity to accept people that we may not be comfortable with. We are to be like Ananias and say, Lord, if this is who you want me to witness to, you have already been dealing with their heart for you to speak to me to go to them. I don't want to be like Moses when God told him three or four times, it's my power. I'm the ones that put the word in your mouth. Look at these signs that I'm showing you. And Moses still said, no, I can't. I can't send somebody else. I don't want to be like that because the Bible actually said he got angry with Moses. I don't want God angry with me. Oh, I want to get to the point to where I trust God that the power that he has given me, his power is sufficient to do what he has called me to do. And when we rely on the spirit of God that is inside of us, on the hope of glory that is inside of us, when you truly believe in the gospel and that Jesus died on the cross, that he was truly alive, he rose again and he's sitting on the right hand side of the father as the high priest for us. He is still the only door. He's still the only way, but it is up to us to let our light shine so that people can see Jesus. They're, they're walking around blinded church, but their heart is hungry. They're walking around blinded. 
And all it takes is us, full of the Holy Spirit, by being led of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. Forgive me, God, that I don't think to myself often enough, who can I witness to today, God? Who can I pray that the, that the, the scales of their eyes would be removed today, God? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to minister to myself first. Help me, God, to be more focused on the lost than myself. And I feel like sometimes we're focused on us as the saved more than what we are the lost. We've, we've, we've sometimes focused ourselves inward more than outwards. Help us, Lord, because... We're failing to be the ministers of reconciliation. We're failing to, as ambassadors, represent Christ because Christ never stayed in one place. It wasn't all about him and his family. In fact, his family rejected him, but Christ went out in the highways and byways. And I know there's different ways. Our personalities are different. Our character is different. God can use each of us in a different way in our job setting, in our work, at school. Everything is different with us. But however or wherever God has placed you, we are to be the light in that position. We are to represent Christ right where you are. We don't need to be discouraged because we're not, we look to other people and we think, well, I wish I could be them or I wish I could speak or sing or do. God is saying, you be you. God told Moses, I want to use you. Yeah, I know you stutter, but I'm going to give you the words. Moses had a stuttering problem, and that's he relied more on his ability than God's. And I quote this verse so often, but it is not by our might, it is not by our power, but it is by his spirit. It was his spirit that brought us from darkness to light, and it is his spirit that is going to help you to bring the light of Christ to those that are in darkness. We, we've been commissioned by the word of God to be ambassadors, to represent Jesus and to tell people about him, to let our light so shine before men. And help us, Lord, if you would stand. We are to be like a lighthouse on a hill. What does a lighthouse do? It's not there just to be pretty, to entertain, just to be something to look at. There are ships out on the sea when clouds cover the sky and storms rage and the ships don't know where they're going. They rely on that light on a hill to guide them safely to the shore. You and I are to be the lighthouses in this day, in this world. Is your light on? Some of us need to flip the switch back on. Sometimes, sometimes we turn the light off because things don't go our way. We turn it off because of doubt and fear and because things just get so hard. Sometimes our faith gets low and we turn that light off. But when you turn that light off, know that 
people are looking for help. You may be the only person standing in the gap for someone that has a covering over them because of your prayers. Notice in the book of Job, one of the first things that Satan took from Job was the animals and the sacrifice because he knew that if I could take the sacrifice that Job was making, which brought forth the covering over his children, that he would get to him. And when those animals died, there was no more sacrifice, no more covering over their children, and Job's children were dead. Your prayers, your light, could be the covering for the lost. Possibly a specific person that sees you when they look up. They see your light. They see the light of Christ in you. God help us to not let, not let our windows get so dirty from doubt and from the worries and cares of this world. Help us, God, to clean that glass off in the spirit. Shine it back up. Make sure that light isn't died out. If it's blowed, put another wind by the power of the Holy Spirit. Say, God, stir up the gifts within me, God, so I can make this light as shine as bright as I can be. Not to worry about me, God, but it's about you because people are looking to me to get to you. God, help us to be like Ananias and say, yes, God, I'll go. Because know this, in closing, and I want us to come prayer, when God speaks to you to minister to someone, know that he is already dealing with their heart. Know that. God has already gone before you. Anytime God asks us to do something, he's already gone before us and prepared the way. Tonight, let's just take some time to focus. Make sure our light is on, that we can be the lighthouse for the lost in the world today. Amen. Let's pray.